It's row time. Welcome to Rolanda. I love my podcast because we not only tackle the tough issues of the day, but we deal with hot topics, celebrity interviews, and information that can help you in your business or relationships. This is Rolanda On Demand. Hey, everybody, and thank you so much for joining me. This is the relaunch of the Rolanda Podcast. And thank you so much for joining me because I know you could have been anyplace else today, but let me be your kitchen companion for the next uh, half hour or so. Because we're going to talk to my friend Grant Goshen, who is from South Africa and was really taken aback by the president's comments. But what he says is there's something wonderful we can do with all of this outrage. And I got to figure out what to do with it because, honey, if the amount of outrage has anything to do with the wonderful, beautiful factor that it could create, well, we're about to create something fabulous. As I say, Crap makes gardens grow. And in this case, with all this crap coming out of the White House, I would say America's about to be a rainforest. Anyway, we're going to talk about that and so much more during this series of the new Rolanda podcast. So thank you. Please subscribe, tell your friends, share the link, and follow me also in social media at Rolanda Watts. That's R-O-L-O-N-D-A-W-A-T-T-S at Rolanda Watts. That's Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and you can just uh, follow me wherever, however, I'm everywhere. Just follow me. So let's get down to our interview for today. You know, when uh, Donald Trump made the statement about Haiti and Africa being shithole countries, shithole nations, I immediately thought about my friends who happen to be from Haiti and who happen to be from Africa. People who are doing extraordinary things here in America. And Grant Goshen, uh, one of my dear friends who we're about to speak to in just a minute, is one of those people. He not only is a is a citizen here and Africa, but he he listen, he's more African American than me. And he is also a representative in the government of Togo. You know, I will admit that Africa may not have the best PR department. I mean, very few of us know that Rwanda, a nation that was once genocide, you know, dealing with genocide, is now being considered the Singapore of Africa. It has done extraordinarily well. We don't hear a lot about it, but that is the case. We don't hear a lot about the fact that most of the uh, Africans who come to live here are highly educated. There was a census U.S. Census Bureau uh, uh, collection back in 2009 that said that the average African who comes to America over 25, 41.7% of them have bachelor's degrees or higher. That beats out the Asian population. In fact, it beats out all of the immigrants coming here. Africa, our, our ed, Africans are educated, most of them, many of them, educated folks who are doing quite well here. I have to point this out too. That statistic also showed that those Africans coming to live in America are doing better than 28% of the U.S. born adults. Hmm. Well, anyway, there's a lot to learn. And yes, Mr. President, there are 55 countries in the continent of Africa. But anyway, I wanted to get my friend's take on this and just see from 
an African point of view, what this means. And there's so much outrage. Listen, by the time you hear this podcast, and I thank you again for listening, but by the time you hear it, there's going to be a whole nother slew of topics coming out of Donald Trump's mouth or Twitter account or the White House or the Mueller investigation and blah, 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 blah. There's going to be so much more going on, but it doesn't take away from the fact that racism stings and it doesn't represent the United States, these yet to be United States of America. This is not a bipartisan issue. This is a human issue. And I want us to deal with race a lot. And I think to deal with that, I want us to talk about it. And I want us to hear from other points of view, like from my friend Grant from Africa when he heard those stinging words. My guest today is an immigrant from South Africa. He's also an American citizen. Grant Goshen, welcome to The Rolanda Show. Thank you. I'm really pleased to be here. Well, I'm, I'm really curious and eager to hear what you have to say, because Grant is also a diplomat. He is a diplomat from the African country of Togo to the United States. And, you know, I think all of us in America are reeling over the president's recent statements, and all of us are trying to find ground on all of this. I can only imagine that being an African and representing the continent and your, and your country and being from Africa in itself, this is quite an insult to you, I would think. What are you feeling and what are you thinking about and, and, and what is the community talking about right now? Rolanda, it, 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 it's actually shocking. But you know, I, I, I'm talking to you now in my capacity as a very upset American citizen. You know, the, the president's words were appalling, but there's actually nothing new or remarkable in his words. Mm-hmm. What he said was absolutely consistent with his past remarks, and I'm surprised that anybody else is surprised. Go back in time when Mr. Trump mocked that disabled reporter during his campaign. Mm -hmm. That was the final identification that anybody needed of his value system. These latently racist remarks that he just made, it doesn't take these kind of remarks to identify him any further. No rational person had any remaining doubts about his beliefs before this latest slur. I also think about the, the, the derogatory way he referred to the football players who kneeled. Uh, sons of bitches, he called them. Shithole nations, he's calling. And all the nations, you know, are people of brown and black color. And, I, and you know, basically, no offense, Grant, but basically he's, he's saying your homeland is a shithole. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And... You know what, on the one hand, he was talking about um, libel laws and First Amendment issues the other day um, because there was a negative book about him. But when it comes to anybody else's First Amendment issues, he doesn't support those. You know, we should all be utterly outraged. I, I am absolutely outraged, but it doesn't help us to be outraged. He wants to outrage us because the more he outrages us, the more he gains support from his existing base. He is saying what his supporters are thinking and this is exciting them. 
how do we navigate this environment when would-be KKK members are wearing business suits with an air of civility in the White House? Right, you know, right. Racism has now become the new norm in America. And we as Americans need to figure out how we want or, or how we are going to manage the situation. But how do we manage it? I mean, do you, is the is the African continent or, or individual countries, are you coming together and saying, we want an apology? Would an apology help? I mean, at this point... You know what? What? What is the retribution for this type of thing? I, let me speak for myself. I don't want an apology from Mr. Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, if so he made not? an apology. Why wouldn't you want an apology after he called your homeland a shithole? You know what? Because it, it is such an absurd, uneducated, misinformed stupid, ridiculous statement. If he, had he to apologize, his apology would be insincere because he's shown his core beliefs. When somebody shows you what they are, believe it. Words of apology would be insincere and they would have no meaning. We clear we are absolutely clear on his value system. You know, Rolanda, m- making, this, making this personal, I grew up in apartheid South Africa. Mm. Now, I will tell you that during apartheid South Africa, a number of my relatives were in prison mm. for their political crimes of, of fighting apartheid. I saw ideology at work. And my... Immigrant grandmother used to sit and teach me about the, the, the apartheid ideology. She used to say to me, these are not our values, these are not our ways, these are not our beliefs. You are not to conduct yourself like this. And, you know, now I find myself... You, you know my son. Sure. I was going to ask you, you're a dad, what in the world do you say? You know what? I'm I'm telling my son about this wonderful American country. I'm telling my son what my grandmother taught me. These are not our values. These are not our ways. These are not our beliefs. This, what the president is doing, is not how decent people conduct themselves. Exactly. And and for me, for me to have immigrated to a country that I thought was the shining light on the hill. Mm. And for me now to be teaching my own son what my grandmother had to teach me about apartheid, it's devastating. It's devastating for me, too, as an American. I mean, just, I'm just... I want to apologize to the world for this. You know, it's just a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. 
But I, but I, but I, what I respect is the positivity that you're bringing to this conversation, Grant, because it's very difficult for me to have without being outraged. But I do agree with you that. You know, Rolanda, outrage is a wonderful thing. Outrage is a terrible thing if all we're doing is feeling outraged and not acting. And not acting. Outrage is a wonderful motivator. You know, I tell you how it's a motivator. 50% of the eligible electorate didn't bother to go and vote. 50% of Americans did not go to the voting polls, that's what you're saying? Correct. Yep. And of those that did, Senator Clinton got 3 million votes more than our current president. You know, I truly believe, I truly believe that Americans are kind, decent, honest, honorable, non-racist people that do not believe in, 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 in demagogues and racists. Right. If we can take this outrage and we can channel it and we can get regular, ordinary Americans to go to the polling booth and make a statement on how they feel about an entire race of people, an entire continent being called shitholes. Mm. We can make this into a, a outrage can be useful. Mm. That's the question, Grant. What are we going to do, America? And let me just ask you outside of America, Grant, what 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 implication do you think that this 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 devastating statement <laughs> will have on the world? I mean, what do you, what do you, how do you think will will things shift? Will we lose allies? I mean, how deep can this thing go? You know, Rolanda, I spent a lot of time on the African continent. I'm, I'm well-traveled in Africa. I, I hold a diplomatic position from Africa, which is not relevant to this particular conversation. But I, I have citizenship of an African country. I am very, my family lives on the continent. I'm very involved in Africa. And you know what? Africans are going to look at this with utter amazement and horror. Just, you know what, most African countries are actually strong U.S. allies. Now, just think, you know, forget the racial aspect. Just just, just walk away from that for a moment. Think about business. Mm. Think about American business people sitting across the table from African people, from African business people, and saying, our president calls you a shithole. Mm, mm, mm. What is that going to do for business? Now, Rhonda, you travel internationally and I travel internationally. Right. Now, when we're going to, to El Salvador or Dominican Republic or to Norway, hmm. and we say we are Americans, and people look at us as being associated with rank racism. How are we as Americans going to be perceived 
by the rest of the world. What's it going to do to our tourism travel? That's right. He didn't only insult all black people. Anybody with any self-respect or human dignity is insulted. You, You cannot be a moral, decent human being and accept a race and a continent being deemed a shithole. He insulted every decent person. That's right. It's just amazing. Um, you know, I also, what's coming out a lot, I'm seeing in social media, are those horrific pictures of his sons on safari. I mean, the safari I went on in South Africa, we're, 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 we, the only thing we shot were pictures. These guys have got, you know, the, the wildebeest down. They've got the, you know, they've, they've shot a, a, a cougar, wasn't it? Or a leopard. I'm just, sh- you know, and... Here and this, and in the same country that they're now calling a shithole. Any and, thoughts about that? And he wanted to do away with a ban on ivory. You know, I, I, I'm very passionate on this issue, and um, when somebody is as passionate as I am, it's very difficult to be objective. Uh, I'm unable to conceive of killing an animal. It's to take joy in causing pain to another living creature. It is it it is everything that I oppose in the world. I you know what I cannot look at those pictures. They they horrify and disgust me. I cannot get into the mentality mm. of somebody that wants to kill for the pure pleasure of killing another living creature. It, uh, let's, if it's okay with you, let's just bypass that question. And put that outrage into action. I really like that takeaway. Um, is there anything else that you can think of that, that yes. we can do to, to counter this situation uh, in a productive yes. way? Teach our children. Teach our children. We have to respect the human dignity. We can't allow the sexism. We can't allow this racism. We can't allow the homophobia. It is, if, if we do not respect each other's basic human dignity, the world cannot survive and we cannot succeed. For us to be an honorable species, we have to work together for the greater good. And if that means that in every spare minute that you have, you are knocking on your neighbor's door saying, are you registered to vote? Yes. Can I drive you to the polling booth? Can I help to educate you? The only way, the only way to get through this, Rolanda, is education and perseverance. That's right. You know, I um, I'm going to step up. I've always been passionate about the literacy movement in America, since one out of five of us can't read, and when you can't read, you can't vote. And so, I think that even if if it's teaching the gift of reading, um, that's you know that's something that you can volunteer and do, and something that can change a life and change a country. You're right. Uh, that voting is everything. It's it is rather sad, and I'm so happy that you did bring that point up, too, that we do complain and we are shocked, but, you know, we we did have something to do with that. 
that that uh, man in the in the White House. Uh, the vote is so so very important. You know what, Rolanda? What is so much more relevant than what Mr. Trump had to say mm-hmm. is the silence and acquiescence of the people that are enabling him and supporting him. Absolutely. He's the leader of our nation. Right. And he's supposed to be teaching the youth of our country how to conduct themselves. He's representing us Mm. as citizens of this wonderful country, and it is a wonderful country. Yes, it is. And I'm going to tell you that I agree with you. One of the things that upset me even more than what he had to say was that the administration was behind him. They were supporting his statement. And I'm like, are you idiots? I mean, I just, I, and and I, I can't, I know you say don't be outraged, but I can't help but be outraged. And I think that also saying that if you are an immigrant from these what he considers to be shithole countries. That's ridiculous, too. Look how much immigrants, as particularly from Africa and Haiti, give to this nation. You know what, Rhonda? I, I'm, I'll pull out. I've got some data right here on my desk. I'm going to pull it out, and I'll read it to you in a second. Okay. But, you know, when you said his administration supports him, you know, this is a watershed moment in our nation. This is a watershed moment in history. People need to make a determination. Do they support this or do they reject this? And silence is not an option now. That's right. So, you know, his supporters, his members of Congress, his members of Senate, his administration actually need to come forward and say, we agree with this. Or we don't agree with it. Because silence at a time like this is acquiescence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, acquiescence and, and non-response to something like this represents acceptance of it. Right. I say, I say that no response is, is, is a loud response, in my opinion. I, I agree with you 100%. And you know what? When something like this happens... And something like this is permitted in society, the trajectory becomes really dangerous. You know, we're living in a very dangerous world, and and everybody wants their ideology supported. So everybody filters out messages that they don't want to hear. Mm. And they, they read the news from their ideological support, the right wing reads Fox News, which tells them what they want to hear. The left wing has has sources that the left wing wants to hear. Nobody wants to hear from all sides. And it leads to radicalization. Mm. And, you know, our perception, you know, when, when, when they talk about fundamentalism or radicalization, you know, the image that comes to mind is Hamas or Hezbollah or ISIS or one of those groups. But, you know, think back to those white boys carrying tiki torches in Charlottesville. Sure. Because that is radicalization. And you know what? History shows that radicalization never, ever ends well. No, not at all. This is how Hitler started. 
This is this this is the beginning of just you know the seed that created the the the, the Holocaust. You know, and I'm just really concerned about what it means. Um, you know, just what kind? Just like you said, the traje- the trajectory is extremely dangerous and very frightening because it basically gives a thumbs up. But then there are those who say, well, at least we know where he's coming from. You know, at least we know uh, what it what he is, and 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 he continues to reiterate that. But I just think about all of the immigrants who have given so much to this country, and well, you know, well, Rolando, you know what. When you refer to that, I just picked up. I, I just picked up some notes from my desk, and let, and let me give you some facts. Okay. Let me give you some facts about African immigrants, because you know what? I'm an immigrant from Africa, really? and I am a substantially contributing member of the American society. But, but let me talk about. You know, the president recently made a comment about huts in Nigeria. Right. Nigeria. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's such an ignorant, stereotypical comment. Africa's a thriving continent. You know, the, the, the educational attainment of Africans, the, of, of, of African immigrants, here's, here's data from the U.S. Census Bureau saying the educational attainment of Africans, both first and second generation, was higher than that of any other group, native or foreign-born. African-born, yeah, African-born adult, age 25 or older, who resided in, in the United States in 2009, 41.7% hold a bachelor's degree or higher. Mm. That's higher than that of Asian immigrants mm-hmm. and higher than that of the average of all the other foreign immigrants and higher than that of 28% of U.S.-born adults. So he is taking a highly accomplished, highly educated, very successful group of immigrants way higher than the average American, and he's denigrating us. You know, Rolanda, just among West African groups, Nigerians have the highest level of 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 if bachelor's degrees are higher, sixty yeah. percent. Right. Um, the World Bank did a study in two thousand eleven, and they classified the majority of immigrants from Nigeria and Ghana, which are the two largest sources of of African immigration to the United States. They classified them as highly skilled. Fifty nine percent of Nigerian immigrants are highly skilled. And 47% of Ghanaian immigrants were highly skilled. You know, these immigrants, these African immigrants that are coming to the United States are not the dregs of the earth coming from shithole countries. Mm. These are substantial, educated, successful immigrants that are adding to the American national tapestry, that are assisting our national priority, that are paying taxes, that are benefiting the poor of the United States and are going to pay Mr. Trump's salary. Mm. African immigrants, and he is denigrating us with stereotypical racist comments. You're right. Grant, I know you personally, and it just breaks my heart that the president of this 
the, these great United States, not a great president in my opinion, but it just breaks my heart that he would say something like that. I know who you are. And he basically called your homeland a shithole and said you were your shithole contribution. And I know that's not true. And I think that 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 it's just, first of all, I'm just going to say it. He, I, and, I, and it just breaks my heart to say this about our president, but he's just an idiot. And, he, and the things that come out of his mouth prove that he's not educated. But at the same time, I got to say, does Africa have a bad PR job? Because why doesn't the president of the United States know more about Africa? I mean, why does he think all Nigerians are in huts? I mean, is- well, you know, Rolanda, there's education and intelligence are two different things. Uh, I mean, he tells us that he's remarkably well educated with remarkable grades, and he, he tells us of his success, but we all know that he has some deficiencies with his facts. And his perceptions, his, his ignorance about Africa is, isn't because the information isn't out there. The information is there. Africa is a remarkably successful continent. You know, 75 years ago, Europeans were murdering each other. They, 75 years ago, and, 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 and just a couple of decades before that, they were brutal, uncivilized, savage barbarians. Getting together, stereotyping, murdering Jews for, for being Jews, holding genocide. I mean, go back, go back just a few years ago um, in the late 90s um, to a genocide that occurred on European territory. You know, but he's forgetting that those were white people mm. committing genocide and acting as savage barbarians because when you have innate beliefs of racial superiority, right. you are going to interpret your facts according to your ideology right. and present them according to your preconceived notions. That's the story he's telling himself, absolutely. And that's the story that unfortunately is representing as the American values. And these cannot be American values. Grant, I thank you so much uh, for, for your insight. Thank you, Rolanda. Yeah. We, we, we will get through this. We will get through this, and we will, we will get through this, and we will make this nation a great nation that it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I wish you all the best, Rhonda, and thank you for everything that you do. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's Rolanda podcast, and I hope you'll tell a friend. Please subscribe, and please follow me on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, at Rolanda Watts. That's R-O-L-O-N-D-A. And check out my website, Rolanda.com. And give me some great ideas for some podcasts coming up. What do you want to talk about? Let me know. And thank you so much for supporting the relaunch of Rolanda. See you next time. Now go out there and do something good.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.